This is HeartWise, offering practical tips and time-proven guidelines to make your life healthier, happier, and more fulfilling. Today you'll learn simple, Bible-based principles for building and maintaining optimum mental and physical health, all while deepening your relationship with your Creator. I'm your HeartWise host, Charles Mills. We speak often on this program about the need for medical professionals who will step up to the plate with the necessary guidance for staying well, as well as overcoming sickness. Well, today we have reason to rejoice because our guest is just such a person. Dr. Michael Hawley, board-certified physician, promotes what he calls the preventive medicine mindset. I like the sound of that. Dr. Hawley, welcome to HeartWise. Thank you, Charles. Now, explain the full meaning of preventive medicine mindset. I think I know where you're going, but I want to make sure. How do we get it, and how can it help us? Sure. Traditional medicine, we are sort of programmed that we go see the doctor when we're sick. Right. right. Uh, We receive a pill or some sort of prescription, and then we go home, and then we go back and see the doctor the next time we're sick. Uh Preventive medicine, on the other hand, is having that mindset of how do I prevent cancer? How do I prevent diabetes? How do I prevent hypertension, stroke, and heart disease? And so it's sort of switching it instead of reactive medicine, it's preventive medicine, trying to prevent things before they happen. And the the central core of that is looking at our lifestyle because volumes, literally hundreds of studies have shown that treating disease ahead of time with preventive lifestyle measures Mm -hmm. can be very, very successful, even more successful than using medications. You do realize, Dr. Hawley, that if we all did that, you'd be out of business pretty fast? Yes, and you know, physicians that have this mindset have often said that uh, that would be the case, but uh, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. uh, not everyone adheres (laughs) to these recommendations, and so I think that our jobs are still safe, although I think that our job should try to shift a bit into that preventive mode and not so much that reactive mode. So when someone comes into your office, you not only want to help them with what's bugging them at that point, you want to keep them from coming back. How do you do that? How do you get through the mindset that says, you know, the doctor is going to fix it with this pill or this potion of this procedure, and that's the way it's going to be done. And if he doesn't do that, something's wrong with the doctor. Yeah, right. That's right, Charles. And so what often happens is people will get frustrated. They come to see me as an allergy asthma specialist, mm-hmm. an immunology specialist. They they come to see me because they're getting sick a lot. Yes. And their doctor may refer them because, oh, this must be allergy because they're getting sick a lot. And so obviously, as an allergist, I will check them for allergies and many times may find that that is part of the cause. But then I very quickly go to the lifestyle things, and particularly, you know, children, parents will say, why is my child sick all the time? Mm -hmm. And I'll say, well, let's look at their lifestyle. You know, I start with what do they eat? Mm -hmm. And I talk to them about what they're eating, and often they're on what we call the standard American diet, which is full of salt and oil and sugar and, and lots of animal products. And then I try to get them to understand that switching their diet can make a tremendous impact on their immune function, their frequency of illness, and their overall health. And then I also talk to them about other lifestyle factors as well, particularly in children, teenagers, and adults as well. I ask them about their sleep patterns, how much sleep you're getting. And a lot of times they'll kind of 
put their head down and say, I don't get as much sleep as I should. And I tell them about studies that have shown that sleep, the number of hours of sleep, actually can make our body either resistant to infection or more prone to get infection as well. And that sort of sweet spot, for at least for adults, seems to be around seven hours. If we're getting around seven hours of sleep, our body's pretty resistant to viruses. And if we're getting less than that, which many people are, then our bodies are more prone to pick up infection. And I talk to them about other lifestyle things, exercise, of course. And, you know, most doctors will talk to you about exercise. But I focus more on the nutrition of those three things there. The nutrition is where so many people are lacking today. Uh, I just hear over and over, you know, what does your child eat? Well, they eat chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese and french fries. And unfortunately, those are caloric foods, but they're not nutrient foods. They're not nutrient-rich foods. And so, therefore, their immune system is not as strong as it needs to be. So when you say preventive medicine mindset, you're saying that that mindset needs to be in us and it should drive changes in our lives. Am I right? You're exactly right, Charles. And those changes are what makes it difficult for people because many people, most of us, we don't like change. We kind of like what we're doing. And we often like to hear from the media and even from our doctors, perhaps, that some of our bad habits are maybe actually good for us. And <laughs> yes. so there'll be a lot of things in the media that'll, that'll pop out there and you'll say, oh, there, it's okay if I eat all this chocolate or, or all these, these uh, different foods that, that I used to think was not good for me. The media will take and twist things, and unfortunately, that's not good for our health. Now, you work, of course, on a daily basis with people that are fighting allergies or their immune system has been compromised. What are the different types of allergies, and does what's bugging us change from location to location? In other words, if you were practicing in upper Montana, would you be seeing the same problems you're seeing down there in Tennessee? First of all, let's kind of define what allergy is. Allergy is our body's immune system, or at least part of our immune system, overreacting to otherwise harmless substances, and most commonly, respiratory-wise, is going to be your pollen and your dust mites and your molds and your animal danders. And so in that aspect, you are right. Upper Montana is going to have a different flora up there than we're going to have, say, in the southeast where I live in in Chattanooga area, Tennessee. So yes, the the pollens and, and whatnot can be different. The animals and the molds and the dust mites are going to be the same you know, regardless of where you live, although in humid climates, you're going to have more mold and more dust mite. So from that aspect, yes, your location can affect respiratory allergies. You ask what different types of allergies. Well, the most common is the respiratory allergies, which affect our nose and our sinuses and our lungs and and can even affect our eyes as well. And those, you know, some people call that hay fever. That'll typically be worse in the spring and the fall, but it it also can be year-round with your dust mite and animal. The second type of of allergy is to foods, and nowadays we see lots of people with various types of food allergies. Uh, The most common, of course, is is anaphylactic food reactions to things like peanuts and egg and milk and tree nuts and shellfish and things like that. There's other types of food sensitivities that work through a different immune reaction, particularly gluten, for instance, with celiac disease. And then you can also have allergy to venom. You can get stung by a wasp or a hornet or a yellow jacket and go into a life-threatening anaphylactic reaction. That also is a type of allergy. So respiratory, food, venom are your main types of allergy. When you have patients with one of these, is your approach different or do you basically follow the same uh, structure as you deal with this? 
So when someone comes in complaining of recurring ear infections, sinus infections, bronchitis, etc., those patients, we tend to focus more on respiratory allergens. So we would test them to see if they're allergic to tree pollen, grass pollen, weed pollen, molds, animals, dust mite, those sorts of things. Whereas someone who comes in complaining of a skin problem, we may look a little bit at environmental allergies, but we may focus on medications, we may focus on foods and other types of allergens that may be triggering, for instance, the skin rash. And then obviously, if someone comes in with anaphylaxis and they're not sure what causes it, then we kind of hit everything, sort of a a broad look at, at what may be going on. Now, you also deal with chemical sensitivities. How is the world around us affecting us in such really nasty ways as far as chemicals are concerned? Yeah, so various air pollutants and toxins, if you will, uh, they can cause a number of respiratory problems. The most common would be to trigger asthma. Mm -hmm. We see our patients with asthma when air pollution levels are high, uh, when there's a, a lot of irritant in the air, that will trigger asthma symptomatology. The other area that our environment and chemicals in particular will trigger reactions is with our skin. We see people who come in with various skin rashes, typically itchy, dry, red-type rashes in various parts of their body. Those patients many times will have what's called allergic contact dermatitis, where their body's coming into contact with certain chemicals that might be in their soaps, their detergents, their shampoos, their clothing, cosmetic products, even lotions and creams. Those patients, we do something called chemical patch testing to test for chemicals that are in those substances and then determine which ones they're allergic to so then they can eliminate those from their exposure and many times correct their skin problems. Hmm. Dr. Hawley, how do I know if what I have on my skin or what I have in my eyes or my lungs or my nose is something I need to make an appointment to go see you or something I need to immediately go to the emergency room and say, help. Yeah, so let's start with the last part. If it's something that needs immediate attention, it's typically going to be in that category of what we call anaphylaxis, which is the fancy word for severe allergic reaction. That could present as immediate onset of what we call generalized hives. Some people call them welts, but it's an immediate rash that comes on all of a sudden. Even more so is if you have breathing difficulties. For instance, your airway may start to close down. That's going to cause a restriction of your breathing. Uh, You may have trouble swallowing. If it's a child, you may see them drooling. Those are typically more serious symptoms that need immediate care, and you want to go immediately to uh, the emergency room. On the other hand, if it's other things like recurring ear infections and sinus infections and bronchitis or maybe eczema, skin rashes, those obviously are less urgent, but if they're affecting quality of life, and we use that phrase quality of life to determine how bad it is and whether you should go see your primary care physician or a specialist. And so you have to ask quality of life. So what is that? Well, typically for a child, that's going to be their daily life. Is it impacting daily life? Is it affecting their school attendance? Is it affecting their concentration, their behavior, those sorts of things? If it is, then they should be evaluated. For an adult, are you missing work? Is it affecting your exercise? Is it affecting your daily life? Anything that's distorting that quality of life, 
deserves to be evaluated. All right, very good. We're talking with Dr. Michael Hawley. He is an allergist and immunologist, board certified down in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We'll take a short break, and when we come back, Dr. Hawley, I want to find out from you what we as a society are doing the most that's creating the worst outcome. Let's find out from Dr. Hawley on our return, so everybody stay right where you are. I'm Dr. James Markham with your biblical prescription for life. Have you ever heard the phrase, laughter is the best medicine? Well, our biblical prescription for life today is found in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. A merry heart does good like medicine. Numerous research has been done on laughter. And in fact, the Royal Society of Biological Sciences has shown that laughter decreases pain by increasing dorphins. It decreases the stress chemicals in the body and increases the immune system function. In fact, it even helps lower the risk of cardiovascular disease. Well, how can I plug into this biblical prescription? Well, think of three funny things. Read, watch, or listen to something funny. How about getting a pet? Hang around funny people. Or find other people who are laughing as laughing is contagious. Or you can fake it until you make it. For more information, go to heartwiseministries.org. Before we get back to our guest, I want to invite you to interact with Heartwise Ministries. Perhaps you have a question or comment to share. Is there a topic you'd like for us to discuss on this program? Have we helped you in some way with the information or resources we've made available to you each week? If you're a computer person, you're in luck. You can visit the heartwiseministries.org website and leave a message in the contact section. Or you can click on over to Facebook and join our family by liking Heartwise Ministries. Here you can enter your thoughts and suggestions, enjoy Dr. Markham's latest video blogs, and learn more about the many activities of this global outreach. A lot of exciting things happening at HeartWise. Of course, you can call us as well. Here's our phone number for non-medical queries and comments. 423-238-0048. That's 423-238-0048. We're here to serve you. Please feel free to use any of these avenues to communicate with us. Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Charles Mills. Our guest today, Dr. Michael Hawley, immunologist and allergist down in Chattanooga, Tennessee, board certified. We're talking today about allergies, the types of them, chemical sensitivities as well, our immune system. And okay, Dr. Hawley, if you could magically go into everyone's house or environment or car or place of work and you could remove one thing, just one thing that could help us the most fight against all of these chemicals and these allergies we're having, what would it be? Wow, Charles, only one thing. Only one thing. (laughs) (laughs) I would start with what's in their refrigerator, Mm. and I find that in many patients with respiratory issues that when we remove dairy products Mm. for many patients, it tends to help them a lot. Now, we don't know the exact mechanism of why dairy provokes increased mucus production for some people, but it just does. And so we often find when we remove dairy products from the diet 
their respiratory symptomatology gets better. So I would start with what's in their refrigerator. Good. And if you gave me, you know, a couple other things, I would go to what's in their cupboard as well mm. because I believe that what we put in our mouths and what we uh, eat on a daily basis affects our overall health in many ways. So you're instilling in us right now a preventive medicine mindset. We can go to our cupboards. We can go to our refrigerator and make those changes, right? Exactly right. And, and patients will often ask me, you know, for instance, weight loss. You know, I'm an allergist immunologist, but many times they'll ask me how they can lose weight. And I start with some simple things. I say, well, let's start with what are you drinking? If you're drinking things other than water, then that's adding calories that you probably don't need. Mm-hmm. So I start with what they're drinking. Then I go to what they're eating. And I'll give them two or three things to start with because if you overwhelm somebody and say, all right, I want you to remove you know, A through Z, <laughs> um, they kind of go home, throw up their arms, and say that's too hard. Too hard so yeah. if you give them a couple, three things to start with, then they can have success. And when they start to see success, they want to move on to the next step. And all of this works in prevention, not just for allergy, but to boost our immune system and to help prevent the chronic diseases that really plague our society. Those chronic diseases range from cancer to heart disease to diabetes to obesity. And these are the diseases that we all tend to get. We think of as all those are old age diseases. But quite honestly, Charles, we're starting to see type 2 diabetes in teenagers. We used to call it adult onset diabetes, but now we call it type 2 because we're starting to see it in teenagers as well. Okay, if you could follow this hapless person, you go to someone's work and you follow them around, what would you find there that is doing the most damage to us as far as our immune system is concerned? Well, typically in most offices, we have a lot of, I'm going to call it inactivity. We sit in front of a computer screen, Mm -hmm. and that inactivity is not necessarily good for our body. It sometimes will provoke back problems and joint problems, and inactivity overall is just not good for our immune system. So one of the things we can do, and a person says, well, I can't do anything because I sit at a desk all day in front of a computer screen. I would challenge them to get a standing desk, you know, something that they can raise their desk where they can stand and sit, stand and sit all day. That already will start to increase circulation and increase activity. So from that standpoint, activity is really important. As far as the environment at work, it's variable. You know, if you work in a factory setting, there's going to be a lot of dust and particulate matter in the air, and that sometimes can be hard to avoid unless you wear a mask. Sometimes the air quality is going to be poor in the office because of bad circulation, not changing filters, those sorts of things. So some of that can be very difficult, but as the person starts to recognize these problems, then hopefully they can be addressed. All right, very good. By the way, listener, if the name Dr. Michael Hawley sounds familiar to you, you may have seen him in the movie Eating You Alive, as well as his son Matthew. They both appeared in this movie. If you haven't seen that movie, I recommend that you do so. It's called Eating You Alive. You can Google that and find out where to view that. Okay, Dr. Hawley, Dinner with the Doctor. I've heard your name in connection with that. What's going on with that program? So Dinner with a Doctor is an instructional and educational program that uh, we have at various locations in the Chattanooga area. We started at the Eastridge uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church, Mm -hmm. and then it spread to many other areas in the uh, Chattanooga and North Georgia area. We provide educational seminars for the community. What that involves is inviting the community to come and enjoy a healthy plant-based meal, 
and learn more about diabetes or cancer or obesity or heart disease or Alzheimer's uh, or our immune system. And so I give a, a lecture along with the, the plant-based meal, and we also provide them with recipes. So what we're doing is we're providing them with unbiased, science-based information to then make decisions in their health to help things going forward. Mm, mm, mm. Dr. Michael Hawley is our guest today. Eating You Alive is the movie he's in, Dinner with the Doctors, a program he's running. Doctor, how did you arrive at where you are? When did you begin this journey that took you from the standard American medical way of looking at things to where you are now? And I understand your, your son Matthew is on the same journey. He is. He is currently uh, doing internal medicine residency in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, he hopes to be an endocrinologist when he's all done. So uh, I'm uh, hopeful that he will uh, teach people not only how to take care of their, their bodies in general, but to how to prevent and reverse uh, diabetes through a whole food plant-based approach. In other words, using lifestyle to help treat disease. And you also made this same journey too. And what started, what launched you on this, on this trip? Yeah, that's a great question, Charles. I think it was a combination of factors. But in general, um, I started out my life eating a standard American diet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, eventually in, in adulthood, I became a vegetarian because I thought it was a healthy diet. But uh, I found out very quickly that I was an unhealthy vegetarian. <laughs> and uh, eventually... Uh, you became what's called vegan, which I try not to use that word because vegan has a lot of different connotations. But I realized that you can be very unhealthy and call yourself a vegan and eat a lot of junk food and still be a vegan. True. And so I started doing uh, research and uh, noted that uh, the healthy diet was not necessarily just a vegan diet, but a diet that removed the extra salt and sugar and oil and things like that. And then my wife, I have to give her the most credit because she was... Uh, the first to say, you know what, we really need to clean up our diet. We need to do this and that and the other. And I, as a man, sort of drug my feet a bit. But my <laughs> wife was persistent. And uh, since uh, we have been on this journey, our uh, overall health has improved. Uh, I have a condition called psoriatic arthritis. I was on oral and injectable medications for this about 10 years ago. I now take no medications for any of that um, as I have changed my diet, as I have cleaned it up, so to speak, um, and follow these principles, uh, my own health has improved. And so naturally, I want to share that with the general public. I want to share it with our community. I want to share it with our patients. And so that, in a nutshell, is, is sort of my journey. So if a patient says to you, how do I know this works? Give me an example of this working. You just sort of spread your arms and go, ta-da, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't do that, Charles, but many times they will look and say, wait a minute, you're not overweight. Um, what did you do to get that? So I do believe that it is important if you're going to teach something, you should live that as well. Mm -hmm. But what I do tell patients is that I'm not making this up, that this is in the science. And people say, well, there's not research in it. But actually, there is many, many, many uh, volumes of research that shows that whole food plant-based diet helps with chronic disease. And so it's a matter of starting to dig into that research to try to realize what we should be doing to help prevent, reverse, and treat these chronic diseases. Mm. Dr. Michael Hawley, allergist and immunologist down in Chattanooga, Tennessee, board certified. I appreciate you being with us today, Dr. Hawley, and thank you so much for your wisdom and guidance. Appreciate it. My privilege, Charles. Thank you. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Michael Hawley inviting you to remain 
HeartWise. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on HeartWise. If you'd like more information on how to build and maintain optimum physical, mental, and spiritual health, log on to heartwiseministries.org. HeartWise is a listener-supported program, and your partnership with us would be greatly appreciated. Once again, our web address is heartwiseministries.org. Ministries.org.